Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to a bizarro version of No Ducks. What is this combination of hosts? Who is this producer? I'm Taz Mellis, hosting. This is crazy. This is crazy stuff. Uh, with me is the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey-o. hey As well as the international man of mystery who is in another country right now. So fitting. It's Lee Ellis. Friends, how we doing? And the man making the magic happen as JD is on vacation himself. It's Andrew Schleck. Andrew, what's up, man? Oh, man, we had a Jalen Horde 2020 game. (laughs) (laughs) What is going on here? Two big beefs in three games for Jalen Horde? This guy's hoarding boards. You love to see it. Hoarding all the boards. Um, Yeah, there's uh, important basketball news. OKC news aside, we got uh, Bulls clinching a playoff spot. The Raptors clinching a playoff spot. The Lakers are finally done. Could Kawhi be back? Could Zion be back? Uh, But more importantly, we all have some personal news. As I said, Lee in another country. Where are you, mate? Yeah, down in Aruba right now, uh, right off the coast of Venezuela. Beautiful (laughs) island down here. Uh, down here with the family, we're on spring break and uh, some pretty monumental happenings down here because my five-year-old who's had a wiggly tooth for the last week or so, so uh, the tooth popped out last uh, yesterday on the beach and Ooh. he was excited beyond belief, like, Dad, my tooth, here it is. He presented it to me and he's like, oh, this is amazing. But then he was overcome with enormous like uh, fear and wonderment as to whether or not the tooth fairy would even travel to Aruba. Mm, Does the tooth fairy fairy have a passport? He's asking, and I'm like, well, I've seen. I, I, you know, you're gonna have borrow one of yours, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I said you're gonna have to eat all your vegetables and go to bed early tonight. And uh, anyway, so I was like, okay, we'll we'll figure something out. I had some US dollars on me, but um, on the way back from the beach yesterday, unbelievably, I was crossing the road, and I stumble across ten florins. Here, from uh, the local currency. So this morning, this morning when he wakes up, he had his tooth in a little jar, a little tray. He found 10 florins. So not only does the tooth fairy travel, but the tooth fairy packs international currency. Florins. It's worth... (laughs) It's worth yeah. about it's worth about five US dollars, I think. But he's he doesn't oh, nice. care. Yeah, he's like this is big time. He still wants a second payment though when we get back to Atlanta. He's like, I get a second one when I get back. I'm, like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, you have to pop out another two for that one. But uh, yeah, so uh, really, really fun stuff down here in uh, the Tooth Fairy. She made it. He, she, it, it travels. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I've I always had- said uh, the current going rate for the Tooth Fairy is whatever cash you have in your pocket. I'm glad to see. That is true yeah. internationally as well. Oh. Anytime you can find a bill, hey, that's what the tooth fairy is given tonight. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's amazing timing and coincidence because these days I almost never travel with cash. It's just you put everything on your Apple yeah. Pay or your cards or whatever. So scooped up the big tenner tomorrow, a reasonable amount uh, yesterday. Everybody's happy. What a great start to the day. 
<laughs> yeah, ten florins. I had to zoom in on that. That was that's a pretty bill. It uh, reminds me yeah. of Canadian dollars. I was, I was about to say, Cassie, you probably uh, it probably looks a bit familiar there to you because yeah. it is just like the Canadian tenor. So. Uh, yeah. yeah! Wow! And I, I think Trey was surprised what he said. That's worth five. What he he said, "Whoa, five bucks!" Yeah. I also was surprised that five USD. That's pretty good. Good value for yeah. for I Oscar mean, there. That's right. I mean, if we were in Turkey and you picked up like ten on the ground, that's worth like three cents. You know, the Turkish lira is like one hundred eighty thousand lira to a dollar yeah. or something like that. So, uh, fortunately, Aruba, their money, their currency is pretty strong. All right, Oscar cashing in. Uh, Trey, if you're joining us on the stream team, has got some. Uh, some color in his face. What's going on? <laughs> Do I? I got a bad feeling. I've been wearing a lot of, uh, you know, like Oakley style sport sunglasses. <laughs> just, my, just my sunglass of choice for uh, this summer so far. So, yeah, we were out on the tennis courts uh, the past couple of days. It's sunny uh, sometimes. So, yeah, I'm going to be looking like uh, Kenny Powers from the cover of Eastbound and Down DVD season one for sure this summer. Okay, and uh, let's let's complete the round here. Andrew, yeah, you were in OKC to watch a big comeback, the Jalen Horde game as well. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that they won. Is, is that the is that what you're saying there? Uh, yeah, Thunder Twitter is uh, ablaze today. At, and just mm. distraught at the win this morning. People are waking up <laughs> tweeting. I, I just can't believe that that happened. Still sad they, about the game. Yeah, it was almost unwinnable, wasn't it, with seven minutes to go in the game? And then uh... they're down 19 with seven <laughs> minutes left. I know you guys aren't going to cover this game because nobody's covering this game. Who cares? They're down 19. And they, they come back. A guy named Xavier Simpson, who's he's yeah. like my height Simpson, and. Eh? <laughs> shoots a hook shot for as a guard. Have you guys seen this guy? Yeah, I played for Michigan. Big night yeah. for all of the Michigan boys last night between Ooh, Simpson, uh, Iggy Brasdikis coming through in the clutch down there in Orlando, Tass. I don't know if you got to go see that wild magic versus Cavs game. <laughs> uh, all the Michigan boys were showing up. Yeah. yeah. Saw him. Uh, yeah, Brasdikis finishing in the lane there. Yeah, Michigan versus Michigan. Karis LeVert versus Brasdikis. I know far too much about uh, this basketball deep into the season here. I thought the most interesting thing in OKC, though, with you sitting courtside, Andrew, was that fan hitting a half-court shot for 20K, banging yeah. it home. Great yeah. celebration, too. And Incredible. the OKC bench enjoying it. Yeah, the, th- the Thunder bench was into everything last night, which was kind of fun, <laughs> especially Shea. Like, Shea is is walking on air right now. I don't know why, but he's just loving it. Okay. Let's get into the uh, actual basketball because there's only a few nights left here in the association. It was a 12-game night, solved a lot of playoff questions. And we'll start in the Eastern Conference because the Bulls are in, baby, although it's kind of bittersweet because <laughs> the Bucks walloped them, gave it to them. Uh, but, 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 because of that Cavs loss to the Magic, the Bulls have clinched a spot in the top Six. So Trey, how are we feeling? Good, bad, ugly. What? What are we? What are we feeling? Half-hearted salute to the flag this morning. You know, <laughs> no surprise. The Bulls still can't beat the Bucks. They haven't figured out the Giannis curse at this point. But shout out to Mo Bamba, Mo Wagner, and Iggy Brasdikis. The Bulls are back in the playoffs, and they really backed into the playoffs because game-wise, <laughs> the Bulls were not competitive with the Bucks last night. Milwaukee was up six after the first quarter. And that's pretty much the closest that Chicago got, but it's all good because the Magic had beat the Cavs by basically halftime of Bulls Bucks, which locked the Bulls into top six. I will take it. And Tass, I'm going to have to circle back with you after the show to figure out Mm. when game three is actually going to happen so I can try and book a flight here. As for what happened in the game, I've been 
I've been dragging my feet trying to actually make sure the Bulls are going to be ho- or having a playoff game. So uh, it's looking good. I've got to figure out the flights, though. Uh, the game, the seven bucks in double digits. The Bulls actually held Giannis to under 20 points, which is weird. But Brooke Lopez scored 28, so that didn't really matter. DeMar DeRozan went for 40, which looks good for his all-NBA case. But the biggest thing that happened in this game, another hard foul on Grayson Allen. This one by Big Vucci. Grayson Allen driving to the hoop. Vooch gets pushed in the back, kind of, by Brooke Lopez, and then just hammers uh, Grayson Allen there on the layup attempt. It was a technical foul on Vooch rather than a flagrant foul because that was an offensive foul on Brooke Lopez pushing him, which causes a dead ball, which gives you free reign to take a shot on a player, I guess. This is now the second time the Bulls have gotten revenge on uh, Grayson Allen for the hit on Caruso. Derek Jones Jr. uh, flagrant fouled him in a game in March. So I would say it's probably time to call it even, but things are going to get extra spicy here because right now the Bulls and Bucks are on track to meet in the playoffs. I'm not under any impression that the Bulls are going to somehow upset the Bucks in the playoffs. I don't think that probably a playoff series is when they figure out how to stop Giannis and actually beat him. But four to seven games, well, if we're being honest, four to five games against the Bucks, that's going to be a lot of Grayson mm. Allen versus the Bulls. And if the Bucks are up big against the Bulls, it's not unsurprising, I would say, to see some uh, shenanigans going down on the mm. court. But a uh, weird night for the Bulls. They lost, but they still won. And then they got even more bad news about Lonzo Ball. But who cares? Because they're back in the playoffs for the first <laughs> time in five years. Yes. Yeah. As Schumann points out here, the Bulls are back into the playoffs. <laughs> big time, big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All f- four losses to the Bucks this season. Mm. That's who they're lined up with, as you said, Trey. It's wild that the Raptors have jumped the Bulls for the fifth seed. We'll get to them in a sec. Uh, but uh, Vooch finally hit somebody, and it was sort of by accident. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that play, <laughs> Lee. It's so strange that yeah. Brooke bumped Vooch, who then hit Grayson Allen. Brooke gets the offensive foul call. And then gets that gets Vooch a tech call rather than a flagrant, I guess. What a what a weird one. But I guess they're even. But this would be, yeah, this would be a, a tough series. What's your feeling on the Bulls going into uh, the playoffs here? Well, I'll, I'll give Trey some hope here because if I remember correctly, uh, the Blazers and the Thunder, you know, the Lillard shot a few years ago when, when he eliminated them. I think they got swept by the Thunder that season and they went Mm. on to come back and get them in the playoffs. So it can happen, as unlikely as it is in this case. Uh, But, of course, the biggest problem is Giannis. I mean, there's no one who can really stop him, so he can put his stamp on the game largely at any time. And Brooke Lopez coming back. Brooke Lopez had a drive through the lane last night. It was incredible, like a big bus going through the lane there. Uh, So his return to health makes it even more difficult because there's just some giants on that Bucks team, and the Bulls really just don't have the sort of horses to match, I don't think, there. But overall, I mean, for the Bulls, it's tough because, if they miss out on the Bucks, they probably get the Sixers, another team they just have not played well against this season. But playoffs, crazy things can happen. And DeMar DeRozan has been incredible this season. Uh, another, I think he finished with 40 there last night. So if the games get close, then the Bulls know they have a guy who can close them out. I mean, he's been doing that all season long. So that's the sort of optimism I think you need to look for for Chicago because I just don't think they can keep up with either of those teams You know, over a course of a seven-game series. But you just never know. Things get a little bit tighter in the playoffs. Doc Rivers of course, doesn't have a fantastic playoff rec- reputation. You know, he's blown a lot of big leads in the past. So there's some reason for optimism. 
optimism if it is Philadelphia? I mean, I, I guess you probably would still take Philadelphia over Milwaukee. I think you're a chance against Philadelphia. I mean, I just, I would, I, I would, I would, I would, I would take, I would take the Sixers against versus trying to not take down Giannis is what I'm saying. So, you know, who knows? But overall, I mean, it's, it's a pretty weird season for Chicago that they've lost so much. They ended up winning because that's what happened last night. I mean, <laughs> you know, to, to lock yeah. themselves into the playoffs there, at least they avoid the plane and, and, and complete disaster. They give themselves a chance. So it's been, it's been fun watching. No Zach Levine again there last night. Uh, obviously, if they're going to have any chance, they need him backfiring. But uh, it feels like he hasn't really been able to shake that, that knee injury uh, that he had some, uh, you know, he went out to LA around the All-Star weekend and it's still kind of lingering. So that's obviously going to be a, a bit of a problem for Chicago's offense if he's out. Yeah, the Bulls just shorthanded, unfortunately. Zach Levine out. And that Lonzo Ball news Trey alluded to, the Athletic Shams Sharanya reporting that he'll be shut down for the rest of the season. That's according to sources. And it sure feels that way because he hasn't played since January when he underwent meniscus surgery on his knee. There was that report a few weeks ago when the verbiage was a little different than usual with a guy coming back from rehab. They said he plateaued in his rehab rather than a setback. So is that a positive news? I guess not. I was fooled by it. I thought, okay, maybe this is good. But really, they had to try something different because his uh, knee wasn't responding. And I think that's a, just a bad sign for long term, even if the Bulls, uh, you know, ha- they've had a good season no matter what. But this is Lonzo Ball's fifth season. Drafted in 2017, he's averaging about 50 games played per season. He just hasn't finished the season quite yet. Uh, And and because of that news, I was going back and watching some Lonzo Ball highlights from this season. Dude is just good. Uh, I know, Trey, you're a big fan. I've kind of haven't really come around to him, but he's he's one of those guys that uh, you just kind of have to watch to appreciate. He just has a lot of good things on the floor. He's got a lot of Jason Kidd in him, you know, kind of just a disruptor defensively and then setting guys up and being around and got a funny shot, but who cares? Uh, he just does a lot of good things. So obviously, Trey, this is going to be a bad sign if this comes to fruition, which it sure feels like he's done for the year. Yeah, disappointing news for sure to basically get confirmation that Lonzo's not going to be back this season, but not totally surprising. Like you're saying, Tass, he hasn't played since January. This is his third injury to this same left knee. I think they went with a repair of the meniscus rather than a removal, which takes longer to heal, but is supposed to heal better in the long term, which I think is going to be super necessary. Because like you're saying, the Bulls need basically everything that Lonzo brings to the table. He pushes the pace for him. He can guard anybody one through three uh, uh, on the perimeter and on the wing. He just takes a lot of threes, which is something the Bulls don't do, and shoots a pretty decent percentage as well. Not to mention, he's on the books for the next three seasons. So it would have been awesome to have him back and healthy for the entirety of this season. No doubt that's when the Bulls look their best, when they could have Lonzo and Caruso both forcing turnovers on the perimeter. That's their only real way of getting stops. Uh, but at this point, after the way the second or the last third of the season is gone, it's more important for him to be healthy going forward because they're going to need exactly what he brings next season as well. It's kind of like you're saying, you don't necessarily notice what Lonzo's doing out there until he's gone. And you're like, Hey, where did the fast break buckets go? Where did the deflections go? Where did the three pointers go? All right. They're all sitting there on the bench. So yeah, bummer, but not a surprise. And hopefully he's better for next season. All right, moving on to some uh, positive news because the Toronto Raptors are in. They've clinched a playoff spot, a team that had an over-under of like 34 and a half wins coming into the season, won their 46th game on Tuesday, beating the Atlanta Hawks. 
clinching a spot in the top six, Lee, uh, in a tight game yeah. as it went down to the wire with the Hawks, but they held on. Yeah, the uh, the Raptors shooting was pretty bad in this game and it really did nearly blow up in their face at the end. They just couldn't hit from anywhere, from the field, from three-point range, and even from the free throw line, they missed 10. Freddie went two for 12, but the second one he hit was pretty much the sealer there with about a minute to go. Pascal found him at the top and he knocked it in and it was like, whew, because the Hawks were really uh, pretty much Trey Young brought them back into it. They, in fact, got the lead there with just under three minutes to go there uh, by a point. But then the Raptors finally found what they had to do to win this game and and they sort of just, you know, uh, just survived. That's really what it was because when you play collectively pretty badly like that you just want to hang on and be on the right end of the score and they were um and no og and anobi and i really think you notice the difference without him out there on both ends of the floor his three-point shooting in the games when he returned was really really good and last night no one seemed to be able to knock one down they just needed his presence out there on the floor so he is expected to be back maybe even as early as tomorrow which I think is huge for the Raptors because he just gives them so much. And you can just, it's funny, like when Gary Trent misses a game, I think you can notice that as well. That affects their sort of offense and their three-point shooting. OG not there last night. That has a similar impact. So they like to get out and shoot the threes and spread the floor. And when one of those guys is not there, it leaves a pretty big hole. So uh, Pascal, I thought was pretty good. I thought actually Precious Achua and Boucher in that second quarter sort of gave them a real boost, good, some good energy because they were a little bit flat there. Uh, and that sort of carried over for them. And in the second half, when the Hawks made their run, the Raptors needed something. And again, I, I said it was Freddie who finally knocked one in. But uh, two for 12, he ended from downtown last night. Um, I think he's still not 100% healthy myself as well. And I think... You know, whether or not it's true or not, I think the heavy load of the minutes that he's played, uh, you know, earlier this season, most of this season, I think he's having a bit of an impact. He's missed a lot of games uh, and he just doesn't seem to have the legs and that same sort of um, pep in his step that he had earlier on. I mean, remember, he was an all-star this season, but his recent form probably hasn't backed that up. So the Raptors get one. They survive. They're in the playoffs, which is great. Uh, and now it's just a matter of where they finish. It's probably down to them in Chicago who finishes sixth. Um but I think the Raptors at best, again, with OG on their team, you know, they're going to cause some havoc. They're not going to be just uh, brushed aside in the first round, no matter who they play. Yeah, they're currently fifth, uh, as we've said, and they desperately need Fred Van Vliet to be healthy. As you said, Lee, he's totally just kind of out there doing all he can because he is tough uh, and he is fighting through injuries. But Nick Nurse, Raptors head coach after the game, kind of hinted that Fred would rest basically until the playoffs uh, with uh, this play-in tournament. You have some extra days off. Uh, there's five days in between the regular season ending and the actual playoffs. So I think Freddie could have like 10 days off, which would be huge uh, for the Raptors. They desperately need him to sit. Uh, I think that's that's exactly what's going to happen. OG definitely needs to come back. Yeah, on these teams where there isn't a true, true, true superstar like Toronto, uh, you need everybody. And I think uh, Fred's got to be uh, healthier. OG's got to be out there as good as Pascal Siakam has been. Um these guys need to uh, to get healthy around him. And uh, yeah, hopefully OG comes back tomorrow, just like Skeets will be back tomorrow. I'm sure mm. Skeets is currently standing, uh, still standing after the Raptors uh, win yesterday. So he'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is uh, this is wild. Uh, Trey, is it a more surprising season for the Raps or the Bulls to be where they are right here right now? I know it's kind of hard to sort of like zoom out because the Bulls have been on a freaking roller coaster. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're right here. Five, six. Both these, both these no dunks teams just showing up this season. <laughs> 
I think um I think it's probably more a surprise that the Raptors are a locked in playoff team because even early in the season you had like Masai saying this is going to be almost a rebuilding reorganizing year for the Raptors but then like you know maybe a third of the way through the season they just decided hey we're playing a playoff rotation and it worked out for the Raptors we're going to play our top 7 guys as much as possible made the deal for Thad Young at the deadline for a little bit more depth and he's been really helpful uh, but the Raptors, I think, have really uh, outplayed expectations. At least the Bulls. The Bulls have had a, a, such a weird season. Like, if you were to go into the year and say, all right, they're going to finish with 45 wins in the sixth seed, that seems about right for where the Bulls were. Obviously, they played really well in the first half of the season, raised some expectations there, but I think season long, they kind of ended up where they should belong, whereas the Raptors, I think, outplayed expectations. You got a better performance from Scotty Barnes, uh, this year right away mm. than I think anybody was going to expect. Fred Van Vliet was an all-star, though he definitely tired out during the second half of the season. But then Pascal Siakam stepped up and played some all-star, all-NBA basketball as well. So I think the coaching job Nick Nurse has been has done has been incredible. He's gotten some great performances, like Lee's saying, from Achua and Boucher, just kind of realizing they're just going to be energy guys. We put them out there. They play as hard as they can. They try and just muck things up and maybe that'll work out. It did work out. So the Raptors have been a surprise of the season to me. Yeah, I, I definitely deem them a team that nobody wants to play against, especially because Nick Nurse is going to have all those guys flying around. Uh, defensively, he'll have a good game plan, even if it's against a guy like Embiid, who is far too big for any of their six nine centers. I think they're a tough out, but I was even surprised to see this Schumann mm. stat that the Raps are nine and five against the East top four this season. Pretty shocking to me to, to see that. And uh, right now, again, they'd be facing the fourth seed. But really, when you're talking about one through four in the Eastern Conference, it's like they're all sort of. Yeah. One or four seeds. I mean, they're they're all <laughs> it, 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 in the same yeah. category. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I mean it certainly looks like Miami is going to hold on to the number one seed there, uh, and Bucks probably end up. Oh well, actually, yeah, no, it's so tight, isn't it? They're between two yeah, and three. It's but tight, man. Yeah, yeah. Wow, and even forty nine wins for all oh, of them. That's crazy. <laughs> what a crazy <laughs> season. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you're the you know you're the Raptors, Tass. I mean, who would you like to face out of those those teams? I mean, I, I would guess that you're probably still trying to avoid Milwaukee. That would be my guess that you, the team that you don't want to face. I think they're the most intimidating still. Absolutely, I, I would like to see the Sixers if I was yeah. uh, the Raptors. I think Nick Nurse would devise a decent game plan for Joel Embiid, and you're relying a lot on Harden. And, yeah. and and Stacey King brought this up in the Bulls broadcast yesterday, saying that the Bulls would face rather face the Sixers, saying that Joel Embiid has had to go and play like 40 minutes a game here each and every game down the stretch uh, without Andre Drummond as his backup they, that they traded to Brooklyn. Plus, he's had to do a lot because James Harden hasn't really lived up to the billing as a guy who'd take uh, some weight off his shoulders. And I think uh, as much as M- uh, Embiid has had an incredible season, an MVP-worthy season, just like he had uh, last year as the runner-up, it's going to be a lot on his shoulders to do it uh, game in and game out unless James Harden can take some off his shoulders. So uh, I would, if you're the Raptors, I just wouldn't want to face Giannis. And the Heat, are, they're playing just really really good basketball it'd be a the spider-man meme i think with the raptors and the heat exactly right it's just so much defense 
So much defense. So much defense and just getting enough offense. You would have Kyle Lowry playing against the Raptors again. That would just be a weird matchup. That would be too weird to see. I think everybody, I mean, people are going to be aiming between uh, Boston and Philadelphia. I think those are going to be the top two teams you want to play. Boston, obviously, a different story if Robert Williams is able to come back healthy at any point. But their defense certainly took a hit when he went down with injury. And the Sixers, you're just hoping that you can get in their heads and that as soon as things start going poorly, maybe Harden uh, turtles a little bit, maybe Embiid turtles a little bit, because it just feels like they've got a lot of pressure on their backs going into the playoffs. That's right. Yeah, the mental game, I think, is big there. Yeah. And and the Raptors you know, have had uh, playoff success, even if it doesn't seem like it. It's, even though it seems eons ago, they uh, are a tested team. So if they get healthy... Yeah, they are, again, a 46-win team. They're not far off from all those teams at the top. It's it's wild how jumbled it is. But let's go to the West uh, because I've got kind of a, a weird one here. The Wizards beat the Timberwolves, who are currently the West's seventh seed. They beat them pretty soundly on Tuesday, 132-114. Now it was the Wolves' first game back from a road trip. It's always a tough game. I don't put a lot of stock into this loss. I'm not going to say the Minnesota Timberwolves are are reeling because they lost to the Wizards. But I wanted to bring this up because they'll likely host a play-in game versus the Clippers. It's likely going to be 7-8 Wolves versus Clippers. And I saw this story on The Athletic uh, by Law Murray, who was at the Clippers practice facility as their beat writer, as he always is. And he watched and wrote about Kawhi getting in a workout, Kawhi showing up early. Uh, And uh, as Law put it in the article, he said this wasn't a casual appearance from Kawhi Leonard, (laughs) who discouraged any footage to be taken of him and even even had rookie Jason Preston relocate from the far end of the court so that he could get shots up with assistant coach. Uh, Jeremy Castleberry, his guy that he brought over uh, from uh, the Spurs to the Raptors. Now he's with the Clippers. Anyways, uh, but Kawhi has been working out. This isn't his first workout. This one is a different workout, according to Law Marie. Uh, he, he got in there early. It'll be nine months since his ACL surgery next week. And I just get the feeling. I get the feeling here, even though I mean, they have a couple games left. Is it stupid to think that Kawhi would come back? I don't think so. I think Kawhi would be the kind of player that would come back quietly <laughs> without any fanfare. You know, as much as there's an article here, uh, nobody really expects him to come back, but the Clippers got Paul George back. Norman Powell should be back for them next week for the plan against the, the Minnesota Timberwolves, most likely if the Wolves finish seventh. I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but uh, I, I, I get the feeling. I get the feeling that this is going to happen. I, I think the Wolves, or I'm sorry, the Clippers know that, I mean, their ceiling is, you know, pretty limited, even if it's Paul George and everybody else, they need Kawhi in there. And how much can, can Kawhi offer? I don't know. I, it's, if, if there's any machine out there that can just come in and play great for a month, two months, I'm buying it. I'm digging it. Am I dumb? Anybody have a take on this uh, This crazy take here? Well, everything's always so secretive with Kawhi. You never really know what's going on. Remember back to his San Antonio days, like we always sort of thought he'll probably patch things up with the Spurs, but nope, he left and he went to Toronto. He goes to the Clippers. Remember last year, we didn't. he didn't even tell us he had, had, uh, had done the injury in the playoffs. It was all like sort of a day-by-day, game-by-game. And then it was like, the guy has to have a uh, what, ACL, I think it was. Anyway, so he keeps everything so close. But I do believe, 
if he feels he's 100% ready to go, that yes, he will play. I, I think he's not the sort of guy who's going to sit out and miss a chance to play, even if he's not 100% game ready. But as, as if, if his knee is ready to go, I think you're going to see it because he's just uh, the sort of guy who you can just see getting out there and playing and being ready to go. And, and the Clippers obviously would love it. I mean, against the Wolves this season, they're 3-1. and one. He's missed all of those games. The Wolves reeling a little bit. I mean, you said you don't want to put too much stock into that game. It was a pretty bad performance. Daniel Gafford went 10 for 11 from the field. If you look at his like shot chart, it's basically one circle right around the paint. They just threw the ball inside. There was no defense. And the Wolves give up 130 points again. I don't know if Schumann's got the stat handy, but the Wolves in the last 10 games honestly must have given up 130. Now, they've won a couple of those games, but still they've conceded so many points. Their defense is just abysmal, uh, you know, for the Wizards to run up the score on them last night. So... Uh, they're, they're, they're struggling. They're limping a, w- a little bit here towards the plane as well. And I think the last team they want to face is a team that's getting one of their, well, they've already got one of their stars back, possibly two. And even this season, they just haven't played well against the Clippers. So I think, uh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Kawhi. I really do. I think he's going to uh, give it a shot if he feels he's 100% ready. Yeah, the Wolves have given up at least 125 points in each of their last five games. That kind of, to me, looks a little bit like they're smelling their own farts a bit, like uh, got high on their own supply at this point. They're just not playing as hard as they were when they were going through their best stretch of the season here. And a lot of that is Carl Anthony Towns is being pretty lazy and specifically transition defense. Like he he's a notorious uh, temper boy. He loves to complain to the refs, but 72 points in the paint last night. Uh, 72 points in the paint last night for whoever they were The Wizards. Yeah. 10 turnovers is all the Minnesota forced. And those are like what they need to shut down. The turnovers in particular are a big thing for Minnesota being able to score. Those kind of dry up in the playoffs. And man, if Kawhi Leonard actually comes back, like they got to be a little bit nervous facing Paul George and the Clippers already. But we already saw a two-second clip of Kawhi Leonard walking on the court. I was, that, to me, was hilarious. Like, the Kawhi practice footage that we're seeing is just him taking, like, four steps on the sideline of the court. We're like, uh-oh, this guy is back, baby. But that's how it feels like with Kawhi. It's like, we're not going to know until suddenly he's playing in a playoff game and he's got 40 on 65% shooting. Yeah, it was hilarious seeing that. But he banished cell phones from the practice. So yeah, I was like, "This is it. This is the whole clip." I like, I like ran it back so many times. Like maybe it hadn't loaded the whole video yet. Nope, that's it. Yeah, apparently he was taking step back threes. Uh, wasn't wearing a knee brace, and he was feeling good out there. Uh, you know, Kawhi is different, uh, as we've said. He goes and wins a title, sticks with the team for one year, then he's out. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him come back for that 7-8 game, which is most likely again going to be against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, as far as the Timberwolves season, even if they lose to the Clippers, they get another crack at making the actual playoffs if, if they do play the Clippers in that first game against the winner of the Pelicans-Spurs game. And we know the 9-10 seeds will be the Pelicans and the San Antonio Spurs. Not sure which order it's going to be, but... The Lakers are finally out of it. Finally. They are eliminated from playoff contention. They're done. They lost to the Suns and the Spurs beat the Nuggets. So, yes, Pelican Spurs are the 9-10 seeds. <sighs> the Lakers are done, Trey. How good does it feel <laughs> to say the Lakers are done? <laughs> uh, not not for me, Tass. I'm really going to miss this Lakers team. <laughs> not! <laughs> Good riddance to the bad Lakers, as Jovan Buha put it over at The Athletic. This is a historically disappointing Lakers season. According to StatMuse, Los Angeles is the first top two preseason favorite 
to miss the playoffs since 1984-1985 when they first started tracking preseason favorites. They lost seven straight games to be eliminated, went 5-18 and since the trade deadline. They got a lot of questions, obviously, to answer in the offseason, but only really one left for this season now that their season is over. Is LeBron going to come back and try to win the scoring mm. title? He's mm-hmm. got to play two more games. But as we saw last night, Joel Embiid put up 45. He's going for the scoring title, it kind of feels like. It's like, I'm going to get this if I don't get MVP. At least he's doing something. So LeBron has to play two games if he wants to win the scoring title, which seemed like something that he was gunning for a little bit there. But also, there's nothing left for the Lakers to play for at this point. But that's enough on the Lakers. Let's talk about the Spurs. Huge win over the Nuggets last night. That was their third straight win for San Antonio. All of those coming without DeJounte Murray. They've won six of their last seven, and five of those wins have been on the road. That is clutch from San Antonio. Devin Vassell and Keldon Johnson led the way with 20 points apiece. Nikola Jokic had a really good game. He's still keeping the MVP race going. 41 points, 17 boards. But the big number in his box score, I thought, was only four assists because his teammates were brutal last night. Just 56 points on 36% shooting for the non-Jokic Nuggets. Meanwhile, the Spurs had six players in double digits. The bench really helped them win their game uh, there in the second quarter, blowing the Nuggets out, stretching out a big lead. And I got to give a quick shout out again to Zach Collins, 13-7 and last night for the Spurs. He was obviously banged up a ton uh, with the Blazers there, and that's kind of why they didn't re-sign him. But this could be a nice little reclamation piece. Uh, there for the Spurs if he's able to stay healthy going into next season. He can stretch the court. He can play a little bit of defense. Uh, it seems to be he's not taking as many three-pointers now. He'd rather take a 20-footer, play to your strengths, whatever it may be. But he fits nice with DeJounte Murray whenever he comes back. And the Spurs are playing really hard. That 9-10 game between the Pelicans and Spurs, it's going to be a good one. Both of them have been playing pretty solid basketball uh, heading down the stretch run here of the season. So whichever team wins that game, Then they're playing the loser of Wolves versus Clippers. The Clippers obviously have to be feeling pretty good, whereas the Wolves have been struggling lately. I don't think the Timberwolves season is going to end in the play-in tournament, but it definitely feels like the Pelicans and the Spurs are playing a little bit better in the 9-10 right now. Yeah, and uh, another player, Josh Richardson, uh, has been playing well for the Spurs lately. He had a bit of a sort of rough, you know, sort of January, February there, but uh, his March and early into April is only a few days in. He's been good for them coming off the bench as well. So that's another guy who's given them something. And it's it's just classic pop. You know, the Spurs have looked pretty bad most of this season. Didn't think they were really even close to making the play in there for a while. And now they're playing the right way at the right time. And uh, if they obviously get DeJounte Murray back, then they're going to feel good enough about themselves in that play. And again, especially against a team like the Wolves, who you can just score against. You know, that's the biggest problem. You know, can the Wolves even slow this team down? I mean, the Wolves have been the, the Chris Middleton roller coaster this season at times. You know, it's like, oh, maybe they're actually turned the corner. They're really good. You I like how we're already saying the Wolves are done in that well, 7-8 seed game. The, they're done. The problem is, though, you know, again, like the Washington Wizards, who have got nothing to play for, put up 130 points on them last night easily. I mean, yeah, the Wolves. Yeah, the Wolves sometimes, sometimes yep. these teams, you know, which that have nothing to play for, no pressure, they're putting up points here. True, that's uh, as the last month or so. That's true, but the the Wolves aren't a team that can sort of get too like, all right, we're 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 okay now. They've got to keep proving to the end of the season that they can be more than just a first round fodder if they even make it you know that's yeah. the that's the problem because they've had that really good patch and their last i think it's about seven games they've had a tough schedule you know they've played the suns uh i believe it's the nuggets as well like they've played some tough teams this was the sort of game where it's like you've got to at least get this one against the wizards at home you know like everyone's there and they weren't able to do it so uh 
We'll see, but at least it's exciting. You know, I, I think it's uh, it's given some life there to the end, especially now the Lakers are gone. They're done. It's been an awful story for them all season long. We've all enjoyed seeing them just implode basically from the start, and now it's <laughs> finally over. And uh, yeah, LeBron, he must be thinking like, if I'm going to get anything out of this season, I'll go shape up two more times, suit up two more times, and basically score maybe a hundred points. To uh, <laughs> I mean, he might have to. He might have yeah, to. We yeah, we need a we need an eighty point game. From yeah, him. I mean, he had fifty. <laughs> I think he had back to back fifty point games didn't he, against the Wizards and uh, Warriors. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's right. So you know, if Le- Le- that's that's it now, there's no possible chance of getting in. So that's all he could possibly be doing. Maybe decides why not. Give me a give me a sixty five point game last game of the season for LeBron. It'd be pretty wild to see. Yeah, Joel Embiid has taken the scoring lead at thirty point four. LeBron at thirty point three. As Trey said, Embiid is rolling here, so LeBron's going to have to come in and take essentially like every shot for the Lakers. And I don't think anyone's going to slow him down in the Lakers. I think they're going to be fine giving him all those shots, but he's got to suit up in two of the final three games to get (laughs) to that minimum of 58 games played. So will he do it? It sure feels that way. As Trey said, I thought he would, that's what he was playing for. His first scoring title of his NBA career would just be uh, another thing on his resume. Does he care? Uh, I don't know. I guess so. I mean, the way he's he's scoring, uh, yeah, he's he's got to come back and be fresh and, and put some points on the board. I do uh, like the point by Trey, just mentioning the fact that the Pels and the Spurs have been playing really well lately. If the, a casual fan looks at the, the 9-10 records and sees that the Pels are 35-44 and 44 and the Spurs are 34-45, and 45, they'll say, what the hell are these teams doing here? Uh, in the play-in tournament and potentially in the playoffs. I, I totally get that, uh, but they will put up a, a good fight uh, against whoever they face in the 7-8 game because, yeah, they, they've come a long way. The Pels started 1-12 and this season, and for them to be where they are is uh, yeah, is mm. a great sign uh, and, and, and just shows that you know Brandon Ingram was a re- real key to this team coming back. And uh, the Spurs, you know, similarly, you know, some people say, and the Spurs kind of just backed into the uh, play-in tournament, which is yeah, a little bit true because the uh, the Lakers have, have faltered. But at the same time, they're playing a lot better. So I saw Tass, you, uh, you you tweeted about the Suns and Lakers line there last night, and mm-hmm. uh, that was uh, I think it was thirteen point. The, the Suns were favorite, right. That, and and you said that was a little low. It felt low. Ah, I hope you didn't put any money on them though, because they covered no. the uh, the Lakers there. It's, uh, that's those when they get up to the teens and the double digits. It's always <laughs> tough because you know a team could be up twenty five and then they're like, all right, we're home, and then they don't care about the betters out there. You know, they're just like, ah, we, we've won the game. Unless unless the Suns said, hey, let's just uh, put a bit of money back on the Lakers here and let them cover, maybe. <laughs> no, my uh, my only gambling is with you guys, as uh, we. You know, like to have fun with their pick and payoffs, and I owe a couple, and so I'm in the hole. Can't mm. bet now. Can't mm. bet now while I'm in the hole. I'm not a bet your way I'm, out of it, Tassie. That's no, it. chase your losses. Yeah, that's the, camp, that's the Cam Stewart. Approach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> go heavy. But imagine that you did have that last night because I think you know I would have taken the Suns for sure. You'd like, you know, yeah, they'll win by twenty points, but they only won by eleven in the end, and uh, Lakers cover. Great win. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and seeing uh, the comments from the stream team, nobody going to miss the Lakers talk this season. Nobody. But uh, we will have to talk about Braun and uh, the potential here is the last five days of the season come up with him 
trying to get that scoring title. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I definitely feel like he'll suit up for two of the three games to get to that minimum of 58. <laughs> I love how there's that requirement. Anyway, all right, we got to take a quick break. Uh, we got to pay our bills here. Some is this news after the break concerning another Ben Simmons update, Lakers coaching rumors, and the possibility of Zion Williamson returning this season. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. All right, we are back with no dunks here. Saw this one comment from uh, Shauna Martin here. Does Disneyland make Tass loud? I just wanted to uh, address this quick. I'm sorry if I'm yelling into my mic. It's probably true. Uh, first, I'm back from Disneyland. This is my home mic. Hey. Uh, yeah, I'm second. I was at Disney World, but no big deal. And third. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, I'm 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 not sure if I'm yelling into my mic or not. It's really just about for me, and I'm not sure about you guys, but it's just about my chair placement. I got a lean forward chair, so I'm eating my mic here. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's that's my bad, Sean. That's my bad. I'm sure Andrew will fix it and post turn me down a little bit as I lean back here now that I'm conscious of eating my mic. But anyways, sorry about yelling. That's just that's just me. That's that's just me. I'm not at Disney World. I, well, although I did yell at Disney World quite a bit. It's, uh, it's great to be home. It's great to be home. Uh, Andrew, actually, you brought it up to me that you were at Disney World uh, a few months ago. Um, tell me about your experience. Let's, let's 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 share some dad talk here for a quick sec. Oh, it was great. Uh, my my kids are at a really good age. My my nine year old and my seven year old, so they can ride all the rides. So it was awesome. Actually, Big. this is this is pretty good. A seven-year-old <laughs> is about a fourth an inch away from being tall enough to ride everything. Mm, oh, tough. However, we <clears throat> we we had pizza one night. I was like, I got an idea. We cut the his we cut little uh, lifts for his shoes out of a pizza box, oh. slipped them in, worked like a charm, wow. rode everything the next day. <laughs> thought you said you were going to put the pizza in his shoes. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Slipped a couple of crusts in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's a great story. I, I'm I'm convinced the the people who are operating the rides are just like they give like a, a grace period or like a slack of like four or five inches, anyways. Because I was uh, the, the four one, or five um, inches. Yeah, okay, maybe, maybe a little. That's a little much, but uh, you know, at least a couple. Because one of them saw my daughter, who's you know three feet tall, at, like from. Like ten feet away, she's like, "Oh yeah, she's good. She's good. She can. She can come out." It's, it's like she barely. She yeah. was. She was exactly probably your your son's height. And your son's like uh, difference from the uh, the marker, like pretty damn close. But from ten feet away, she's like, "Yeah, yeah, yep. Get yep. get around here. No problem. Yep." Uh, anyways, that's a good dad move. Good yeah, dad move. Yeah. Getting him on there, Andrew. At. Uh, yeah, at, at at Legoland last year, my uh, five-year-old tried to tiptoe his way into a ride, but uh, <laughs> they weren't buying it. They're like, get out of here, kid. <laughs> well, we're going to Six Flags uh, this Friday, so I'm going to have to make sure to stop by a pizza place on the way out because I got a five-year-old who's going to be very upset if she can't ride everything. <laughs> Did you do the Rise of the Resistance, Tass? No, what's that? Oh, it's a Star Wars ride. Oh, at, uh, oh that one is a real ride. Yeah, it's a real ride. <laughs> yeah. It's a real ride. <laughs> that was like a real roller coaster. Uh, it's the coolest ride I've ever done in my whole life. Wow. It's It was unbelievable. Yeah, it's fully immersive. If you like Star Wars, you feel like you're you're there. You feel like you're on Tatooine or whatever planet it is. <laughs> yeah, I will say uh, the Star Wars experience, that was good. Uh, that, yeah. that, that was... If there's anything that was magical about Disney World, it was walking through Star Wars for sure. And we got it right at dusk in uh, some incredible weather. So the sun going down over these Star Wars creations that they're amazing. The spaceships yeah. that, they, that they've created. It is it is pretty, pretty cool. And I couldn't give a F about Star Wars. Uh, but it, it felt, yeah, it felt pretty freaking cool. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't go on. There was a, a pretty big lineup. And uh, my children were not oh, yeah. gonna gonna be able oh, to ride yeah. that. That was a, that, yeah, that was pretty cool. Just just having the roller coaster fly by my kids, I was like, "Whoa, it's coming! Look at that! Look at that! Look at that!" And they're like, "Whoa!" That they got they almost pooped their pants right then and there. They're a little, they're a little too small for that, but yeah, that looked like a a pretty cool ride. So how many how many children did you take on that ride? Uh, just my older two. It's a yeah. it's a two hour two hour wait. Yeah, so you, oh. yeah, yeah. You gotta. You got to be buckled in for that one. Yeah, <laughs> we went to Gal- well worth it, Galaxy's Edge at uh, Disneyland, and it was the same. It was like a two, two and a half hour wait just to get on, and the ride goes for five or six minutes, but uh, blazing heat and not not a pleasant experience because the kids are just like, "This better be worth it." And it was good, but two and a half hours just standing there, just and, and every time you go around a corner, you see that there's a new zigzag pattern as well oh, for the yeah. line, and you're just like, "Oh my god." <laughs> We had a rock, paper, scissors tournament mm. during that that got pretty heated. So. <laughs> Full tournament. 64 uh, yeah. teams. Uh, Philip A. has got a great comment for Andrew and his uh, pizza maneuver. Way to think outside oh. the box, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, uh. All right, all right. Back to basketball. It's time for Is This News? All right, this one via ESPN. Nets head coach Steve Nash said that Ben Simmons will not suit up for the play-in tournament. It just ain't going to happen because 
really Ben Simmons has just been undergoing physical therapy and he's doing some very light shooting. So when the tournament starts in six days, Ben will not be ready. Now, he didn't rule out him playing in the playoffs, although he cast some doubt on that as well. Lee, what do you think about this latest Ben Simmons update, which is sort of an update, which is not an update, but it's kind of an update? Uh, I can't think we'll possibly see him at all this season. I mean, if he can't go in the regular season at all and the play-in, I just don't think the playoffs is the right time to bring him back in there. Um, the, the weirdest thing about this for me is, you know, obviously the situation in Philadelphia there, he wasn't injured when he wasn't playing the season. He, he had a dispute there with the organization. And he sort of said, we heard that he was keeping himself ready and he was working out and doing stuff. He goes to Brooklyn and then he picks up that back injury. And again, I'm not being skeptical on the back injury, but I just I am skeptical how hard he was working to keep himself ready in Philadelphia because he gets back into sort of, a, a team and he's on the court and he's doing stuff and he's shooting and all of a sudden his back flares up and now he's likely out for the season. So I think this is looks badly on him. And I mean, he's, he's lost a whole season of his career in his prime, you know, a whole season that he can't get that back. And, uh, and now he's going to miss another one. And, and you just have to wonder about going forward. Like, I mean, obviously, well, I say obviously surely he's going to be ready for next season, but the the, the the Nets made this trade. They needed him out there. They could certainly use his defense and his ball handling. And now they're not going to get anything out of him. It's been a, a, a disastrous season here. And, um, like, again, Steve Nash kind of left the door open, but it sounds to me like he knows. You can't bring a guy back into the season like him. I mean, Kawhi's a different story, I think, but with Ben Simmons, you can't bring him in when he's never played with these guys. He doesn't know the sort of way that they play into, you know, pretty much what's going to be must-win games every single one that he plays, a guy especially who flamed out in the playoffs there last season. So this is bad for him and bad for the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Trey, what's your take on this Brooklyn Nets news? Uh, yeah, news, I guess. I mean, I guess it's news. And, I, yeah, I, th- I also think it's weirdly that Steve Nash is saying, like, if he's back, we would start him – or, I mean, not start him, but we would play him in a playoff series, like an actual playoff series, his first experience after, you know, nine or ten months away. Seems unlikely, but it's wild to think back that at the beginning of the season we were saying, will Ben Simmons play for Philadelphia again? Obviously, that mm. didn't happen, and we're not going to see him for an entire year. But to me, this doesn't really change much for the Nets this season. No doubt Ben Simmons at his best would have helped moving the ball, playing defense, and just being another – young athletic body I think would have been great but no idea what Ben's going to look like the next time he's on a court and really even if Ben Simmons was healthy the net ceiling this year is going to be how good can they be when KD and Kyrie Irving are on fire we've seen games where they've both played really really well and they get nothing from their role players and they take a loss and we've seen games where they play really really well the role players show up and Brooklyn wins easily that's what it's going to be like uh come play in come playoff time for this team Ben Simmons may have helped, but I don't think he was going to be an impact maker this season. But I guess it's good to get a little bit of clarification, though not really because Steve Nash is keeping the door open. But maybe he's just doing that out of uh, being a good guy and trying to smooth things over with the Simmons camp there. Yeah, and it could be wishful thinking to have Ben Simmons on the floor just as a defensive presence out there would help. But yeah, the the door is definitely closing very, very slowly. But yeah, there's a crack, I guess, uh, of a chance that he comes back. But it's bad news in Brooklyn. Uh, even though they won last night, they, they beat the Rockets here and have got an easy schedule the rest of the way to determine their play-in tournament seed. It could get up to seventh and pass those Cavs. But 
Seth Curry isn't playing right now. He's got a bum ankle and the Nets have contemplated just sitting him the last three games just so he could be his healthiest uh, in the play-in tournament. So that's a bad sign. Goran Dragic is out uh, because of COVID protocols and Nash said he was symptomatic. So that's also uh, a bad sign. So that's the, the same position Ben Simmons plays, those two guards. And that's that's the, the crappy part uh, for them. <laughs> Their depth is... Uh, uh, you know, even getting even more depleted, and hopefully those guys will both be back for the postseason because Dragic was a great pickup uh, as a, a buy-in guy or a buy-out guy uh, for the play-in, play-in buy-in, play-in buy-out. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that would be that would be really helpful for them to, for those guys to come back, and I assume they will. Uh, but uh, yeah, Trey brought up yeah the fact that Durant and Irving uh, yeah can lead this team to a play-in tournament victory, and then. Yeah, they're going to be a tough out for whoever uh, they face if they do get through the play-in tournament in the actual playoffs. Uh, so there's always something to watch and always something to read about with these Brooklyn Nets. Tonight, for instance, KD and Kyrie will play together for the first time together at MSG because of uh, oh, what's wow. uh, which which is wild uh, because uh, Kyrie couldn't play at MSG. So mm. I'm sure they're going to put on a show. When there's something to play for, uh, I am sure... Uh, they'll put on a show. Anyway, moving on here. Uh, another headline. This one also via ESPN. Zion Williamson's stepdad expects him to play this season in a long interview on New Orleans radio. Zion's stepdad said he expects to see him suit up. Is this news trick? Yeah, this is surprising news to me. We just saw the clip of Zion throwing the ball off the glass, going between his legs and throwing it down. But even having seen that, I thought it was kind of a done deal that Zion was not going to be playing this year just because we're getting so late into the season. The Pelicans only have three games left this year, maybe four if they lose in the uh, play-in tournament. But some pretty strong words from Zion's stepdad here. He's basically saying, unless you hear it from me, Zion's mom, Zion, or his brother, that's the only thing you should believe. So... Zion now is doing three-on-three. He loves being in New Orleans, and he loves uh, what the Pelicans have put together with Willie Green there coaching. He would be a huge piece to throw into the mix here for the Pelicans uh, coming into the play-in tournament, obviously. They're 12-11 and since trading for C.J. McCollum. They're 34-34 and since that 1-12 start that Tass mentioned. So there would be a lot of things that are thrown askew, no doubt, putting a high-usage guy in Zion who hasn't been on the court in quite some time, but you would still love to see any little bit of taste of Zion alongside McCollum and Brandon Ingram there. That's your future in New Orleans. It's looked all right when Brandon Ingram has played. At least they look like a 500 team when he's been on the court, but their ceiling is going to be having all three of those guys healthy and trying to score a whole bunch of points Um, and honestly, I think any experience with them playing, even if it's only one game in the play-in tournament, I think it's probably worth it just to get Zion back on the court and see what everybody looks like. This isn't the championship year for the Pelicans. So anything building towards the future, uh, keeping the relationship with Zion and his crew, uh, solid and, you know, seeing what your team is actually going to look like would be awesome. And it would be very fun to actually see Zion Williamson play this year. We've had so many injured players who've been out for the year, and we're like, are they going to come back? Ben Simmons, no. Kawhi Leonard, maybe. Jamal Murray, it doesn't feel like it. Zion actually coming back? That would actually be a win for the league. 
Lee, what do you think? You, you see Zion coming back? Uh, I, I don't know what to believe, to be perfectly honest, because we seem to have been sort of given uh, different information throughout the season. You know, like we didn't even know about the injury at the start of the season. Uh, and then it was like he's working out and then he was working away from the team and now he's back and he's looking great. That video he put up, that dunk looked incredible. So he looks like he has gotten himself ready. But, uh, you know, can you just throw a guy into a team like this at this stage of season? I mean, I, absolutely, he can help that team. Uh, but I'm just not sure. We, 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 it's his stepdad now. I mean, it's kind of like the Kawhi situation in the past when it was his uncle, uh, Uncle Tony, was it? You, you know, you're just not Dennis. quite sure. Dennis, that's right, yeah. You're just not quite sure who to believe and who's got the real and right information. So if we see him, great. I mean, when, when you look at where the New Orleans Pelican season started, 1-12, and 12, looked like a complete disaster, train wreck all over. And now they really have fought back, and it's somewhat of a good story. If they could finish that off by having Zion get out there and play and look great and get into the playoffs, I mean, that would be a fantastic achievement. But I, I'm, I'm skeptical we see him. I, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, the reason why this feels kind of believable to me is because I guess we have a history of Zion coming back under minutes restrictions and them sort of getting him involved in games, even though he wasn't full Zion. I know this would be a probably most likely a play in tournament as a first game, which is uh, different. But at the same time, as Trey said, their ceiling isn't a championship. It would be beneficial for him to be on the floor with this guy's. The guys just to see Zion on the floor beside him for their future. Good for this fan base as well. Good for ticket sales. And so I think there's a, a bunch of reasons why this is, you know, it feels believable because you could flash back to his first season and that game against the Spurs when we waited all the way until January uh, to finally see him. And he had that wild sequence there where he hit four threes in the fourth quarter. And yeah, I mean, that was, that was a, just one of those you had to be there moments in NBA history for a guy to come in and play 18 minutes and banging home threes. You feel like you could just see him on the floor for yeah 15 minutes and he would provide mm. some sort of juice, as you said there, Lee, with the the dunk uh, that we were uh, able to see from practice. I mean, that guy can just yeah do special stuff out there. Yeah. So there's a chance, I suppose, he comes back for limited minutes. It would it would obviously be. Yeah, something very, very limited. But even if it's for one game, I mean, it, I, I think it would just, yeah, just kind of remove some of the the clouds on the on the Pelicans franchise and season if if he was to come back. Although, yeah, it didn't feel this way a month ago uh, before he came back and we saw him in practice. Anyways, moving on. Last is this news topic. This one via Bleach Report: The Lakers are expected to move on uh, from Frank Vogel, and the Athletic had an article. Uh, from Bill Oram, where he had a long conversation with Frank Vogel, and he didn't address uh, the off-season coaching uh, hot seat that he is on and, and the possibility that he could be leaving. Uh, but it's there, Lee. Is this news? No, this is not news. I mean, this is probably the most obvious thing that was going to happen short of the Lakers winning a championship, really, because the Lakers never really wanted Frank in the first place. He was their third choice, even after he won a championship. They didn't extend his contract until after that season. Uh, and basically, they've been stringing him along this season, not really giving him any sort of vote of confidence at any point, basically to try to show some sort of um, 
uh, respect to him, I guess they they confirmed him for the rest of the season. But now that we we know they're going to fire him because he's the first and easiest scapegoat to throw under the bridge. It's like, yep, yeah, okay, coach wasn't good enough. We'll get somebody else in. But really, the finger has to be pointed to Rob Polinka. I think he built an absolutely terrible roster here, just beyond disastrous roster. And and look, the thing with the situation there with Polinka is. If he's the GM, then he should say, these are all my decisions. LeBron didn't make them. And if he and if LeBron made them, then say, well, LeBron made them. It wasn't me. But then he's not really being a GM in that case. So this is a disaster. The, the Lakers, you know, they're already been linked to Doc Rivers. I mean, Doc Rivers is still coaching. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. People are just throwing down. Quinn Snyder's another one as well. But honestly, the Lakers have treated Frank Vogel uh, embarrassingly bad this season. Now, he's not a perfect coach by any means. But the fact is, he wasn't their guy months ago. We knew that. They've decided to string him along this far. If he wasn't your guy then, then you should have fired him then rather than just give him some sort of false hope that he could continue on because we knew it's not going to continue after this season no matter what, especially now that they're out of it. So uh, the Lakers have uh, really embarrassed themselves as a franchise with the way they've treated some people this season. And Frank Vogel is top of that list for me. Trey, what's your take on this uh, Lakers-Frank Vogel situation, which seems inevitable? Yeah, I mean, he did the Bill Oram interview kind of summing up the end of the Lakers season before they even lost and were eliminated last night. So it's <laughs> like he knew it was coming. Like Lee's saying, I, I think it was, it's more news that Frank Vogel made it this entire Lakers season, but they made their decision basically at the trade deadline. They made no moves. They never fired Frank Vogel and they said, uh, well, we're going to just stick with it and see what happens where and then the team said uh no thank you five and 18 cents uh we would rather not go into this play in tournament so i don't know uh not a surprise at all but there's got to be a scapegoat and yeah rob Polinka doesn't seem like he's gonna fire himself he's obviously well connected with the rest of the front office there in la and that seems to be the best thing you can possibly do if you're going to be employed with the lakers is being close with the front office you got to get close to a rambus and then you're going to be able to stick around for quite some time because I could not believe that some NBA sources are suggesting to Jake Fisher that Kurt Rambis is a potential Los Angeles Lakers coach. I think they should do it. Let's oh, see what I Kurt hope so. Can do with this squad. Oh, I hope so so badly. I would love to see it, that Kurt signs a five-year, forty million dollar contract to coach the Lakers. That would be a perfect way to uh, to, to end this debacle there because, yeah, you know, every, every team, every uh, article. I know you tweeted it once, Trey. Like every article about Lakers, at some point, one of the rampers, Kurt or Linda, get brought up, and they're a decision Always. maker, a, a decision maker, an influencer. I remember early this season, Kurt. You know, when the Lakers season still had some hope, he flew out to Orlando. He wanted them to play more DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard together. It's like <laughs> that. We need this guy coaching the Lakers next season for sure. It, it this has been one of the worst in Lakers history. Maybe next season could be even worse if Kurt's in the handles. <laughs> I thought we were going to be done talking about the Lakers, but it's back, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, as you mentioned there, Trey, uh, Kurt Rambis brought up the good thing about Kurt Rambis is he could believe in the triangle, and the Lakers really only have three players. So <laughs> that, that makes a triangle. They've got three guys that are essentially paid what the salary cap is next year. Combined, Westbrook, LeBron, and Anthony Davis are basically at the salary cap. And that's the scary part. And John Hollinger wrote about on the athletic is yes, uh, this team was bad this year. Although, you know, they were 11 and 10 when those three played together, uh, basically a 500 team. So they could have been in the play in tournament, but next year, as they get a year older, is it going to get any better with the fact that they're getting paid 
that much money. Westbrook has to opt into his $47,063,478 <laughs> next year, but you think that's a lock. And uh, yeah, LeBron and Anthony Davis there, uh, I mean, yeah, they could, they could again be a, a play-in tournament team um, if they're somewhat healthy. But uh, I, I, the thing I loved about the article was that Kurt Rambis was brought up but he's entrenched into the front office, so why would he leave that? I mean, <laughs> yeah, like exactly. That, yeah, like, like I'm not coaching. I might before. get fired if I start coaching. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 yeah, Doc Rivers mentioned as you guys said, he's coaching. Hmm. Is it like there's no tampering going on? I know. <laughs> I know. Nobody nobody cares about. I guess nobody cares about coaches. I mean, Doc was. Once traded essentially for a draft pick from the the Celtics to the Clippers, <laughs> so call. I guess this could happen again. All right, anyway, uh, we'll take one more break. Lee, you got tweet of the night coming up. I do. Yes, yes. I hope uh, I hope a, a regular in the stream team is paying attention because uh, he's got the glory Ooh. tonight. Yeah. Mm. All right, we got a good one coming up. Stay tuned after the break. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, let's just get right to it. It's time for Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Lee, you teased us. Who in the stream team is getting the crap? Well, he's an old favorite, a friend of ours. It's Schumann, who last <laughs> night uh, had, had, a, had a nice little banger against uh, going against the Raptors here last night, making a little bit of fun of Matty D out there. Scotty Roy gets a screen for Pascal. All NBA passes to Precious Most Improved. Hands to Gary All Defense. Over to Freddie All Star. Good from Ranford. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty funny tweet there because we know Matty D does like to pump up the tires of uh, of the Raptors players. There he's been on the Freddie All Star and the Scotty stuff. So uh, you know it was great. Well done there from Shooms. He's uh. He's probably won Tweet of the Night before. He must have, I'm sure. But uh, he's definitely got oh, one now. He would definitely he would definitely know 
uh, if he won. I mean, I'm sure he's keeping tabs. He's always keeping tabs. Or, or else he'll drop a well actually to you right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm surprised he's still oh. watching. Yeah. Oh. Maybe. He stopped in. He wanted to see if he got tweet of the <laughs> yeah, night. He exactly. knew that was a good one. That was a banger. Once he added the from Brantford at the end, exactly. I think he knew that was going to be a classic amongst Raptors fans. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're very well done. Because, of course, Matty D goes back to all the way to... Um, uh, uh, what was it, Kyle? All Kyle hashtag all in, or uh, Kyle hashtag NBA vote? I think that's when it started. And Matty D got in, you know, got a bit of uh, heat for that, but it hasn't stopped him. And I appreciate that uh, Matty D's out there, always there for the Raptors and bigging up the players. It uh, it's fun. Yeah, he it's, it's it's definitely reached a new level here. When you've got an, a guy, okay, All Star vote, sure, that makes sense. Rookie of the year, okay, even that would make sense. An award. But all NBA, it's it's and, and as John Schumann, it's put. It's hard for for Maddie just to say it. It's, it's it doesn't really roll off the tongue as Schumann put. Pascal, all NBA, like I heard uh, Devlin say yesterday. Pascal Siakam, all NBA, give him a vote if you've got a ballot. there's only a hundred people who can give anyways it is it is getting extreme but whatever yeah yeah good stuff though shooms well done nice shooms killed it he got an lol for me that's that was great i tossed the like i thought it was great way to go shoe and uh let us know shoe is that your uh first totn hmm uh, he, he says he doesn't keep track, but uh, uh, Schumann's got to be one of the most referenced uh, tweeters out there, yeah, no doubt. Sure. Even if he's not yeah. taking home the actual uh, tweet of the night. You know, it's like LeBron. Like, Lee ran through LeBron's seasons a bunch of years ago. He should have 11 MVPs. Right. Schumann gets a tweet mentioned almost every single day. Right. But it's not always right. the tweet of the night. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Just super impressed that he hung in here for 70-plus minutes Thanks, Shu. We will be back uh, tomorrow. Hopefully, you'll be back, Schumann, as well. We've got a six-game night. As I said, the Nets going into Madison Square Garden. KD and Kyrie playing there together for the first time. Celtics, Bulls, uh, Thunder Jazz, which uh, I'm sure Andrew Schlecht will be tuned into. So looking forward to that. Skeets will be back tomorrow. Uh, But for now, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, pizza boxes make for good lifts if you want to be uh, an inch or two taller.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.